Hello, welcome to this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. There is never a dull moment during the Pittsburgh Penguins offseason as today there's just been a ton of rumors surrounding the team with Chris Tanev to Brian Ross to Patrick Hornquist maybe being on the move, but he may be staying for the season with Matt Murray. Then there's Tristan Jari. It's just, it's just been already a wild ride so far. But coming back onto the podcast is... Jeff from Peng's Twitter, Penn's Twitter, aka Latang Colt, Latang Colt. Good Lord, I cannot speak tonight to talk about all of this with you guys. So, Jeff, first and foremost, how are you doing, sir? Excellent, man. How are you? I'm not doing too too bad. So, I mean, I guess let's just get into this. So, Jeff, are they really, really going to dump Brian Russ' contract for a potential? roster player and a top prospect in return and then use that cap space to go out and sign Brandon Tanev's brother who oh yeah is basically almost just Jack Johnson except on the right side that's a loaded question Um, (laughs) I guess my answer to that would be it depends if Montreal is willing to send Domi and a top prospect maybe uh, Matei or Juleson over to the Penguins in exchange for um Brian Rust. That's the only kind of scenario I could see in which they would trade Rust because it's well known that Jim Rutherford likes Max Domi and uh, Jim Rutherford seems to always pay the price to get his guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as for Tanev, I think I summed it up uh, pretty well earlier when I called him damaged goods. And yeah. while that is a pretty severe thing to call anybody, he's 31. He's never played a single uh, full season, yep. full 82 games in the NHL. He does play uh, with an edge block shots. Um, certainly a old school type of hockey player. And there's absolutely nothing that would convince me that he's worth $5 million, even in his prime. If he was 24 years old, I would not be happy about the Penguins paying 24 or paying $25 million over five years for a player of this caliber. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And for those of you that did not see the article, um, Rob Rossi and Josh Yoey wrote a piece on The Athletic basically saying what they were hearing about the Penguins offseason. And it came out that Christopher Tanev is being pursued by Jim Rutherford, but they would have to clear cap space. And then Brian Russ's name came up in trade rumors because apparently teams are calling on him. And I mean, who wouldn't? He has one of the best contracts in the league. He's an absolute bargain. He's coming off the best season of his career. So, I mean, it's not hard to see why teams are calling up on Russ. But yeah, I agree with you with Chris Tanev. I mean, Jeff, the last thing this team needs is more of these quote unquote defensive stalwarts. I mean, you're an offensive team. You all know how the Penguins are just a run and gun team. You really don't need to add a Chris Tanev to the mix. And I mean, imagine a Jack Johnson and Chris Tanev third pairing. Not really that good. And as you tweeted out earlier, um, that would be what, 8.25 against the cap? For next season, it yes. basically just puts you over ten percent of what the cap is. Yeah, it just puts you in that same exact situation because if I'm not mistaken, um, Justin Schultz made I think it was almost five million per season or a little over, and then we all know Jack Johnson makes three point two five million. So you're just in that same exact situation where you're losing over half of your bottom pairing money with Justin Schultz leaving, but then you're bringing it back in a player in Chris Tanev who really is not that good. So I just don't see the logic in it. Well, in addition to that, what I want to bring up is what if in, – in, I think if this happens, it does inevitably crash and burn. I mean Jack Johnson is horrible in himself, mm. and Justin Schultz was by no means a Norris caliber defenseman this last year and a half here. But um, 
if you have two players playing horribly, looking totally out of place, I mean, the Jim Rutherford thing to do, what I see them doing, you know, he'll probably blame Latang for it and trade Latang uh, and bring in somebody else horrible. But even if you tried to move Jack Johnson or Chris Tanev, it's not like it would be any secret around the league, which is the worst pairing in hockey. I don't think you'd be able to move either contract. I think I honestly think five million dollars for Tanev is worse than three point two five million for uh, Jack Johnson. When all this free agency stuff started to come out that he wanted a little money to spend in free agency, I was um, cautiously optimistic because when he was pursuing good Branson at the trade deadline, there was a lot of um, high level insiders who were reporting that he was in on Cody CC before CC was traded to Toronto. And I think that would be another nightmare scenario. But uh, and guess who's a free agent? Guess who's a free agent this offseason? Right. Yep. So yeah, that would be uh, honestly. Yeah, I yeah, I would feel honestly way worse if Cody CC was on this team. But still, I mean, it's just I don't know. Someone just needs to just come take the keys away. I think from Jim Rutherford at this point. I mean, you're you're also seeing some of these conflicting reports now. Right now, you know, Dayon Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports is saying that. He's not heard. He's heard that Chris Tanev's name has not come up once. So, definitely, this is definitely interesting. So, people are getting different information. Um, two and a half weeks away to free agency. We still have not had any more trades surrounding the team. So, it's it's going to be a bumpy ride there. But I just, I don't trust Jim Rutherford at all going into free agency. I, you know, I, I'm going to say what some people are thinking about that report. Mm-hmm. I have it on pretty good authority that Dayon is not a fan of Rob Rossi. In fact, he said a couple of things to me off the record that indicated that he, he didn't directly come out and say that he didn't like Rob Rossi. But um, when I asked about the possibility of Rob Rossi joining DK a number of years ago, uh, his website, Dayon kind of like laughed it off in, in an as if type of manner. So I don't think he's the biggest fan of Rob Rossi. And I think this was kind of more of a jab at Rossi, but DK is smart, and one thing that I want to point out that really struck me was that it wasn't, no, Jim Rutherford's not pursuing Chris Tanev. It was, that's not a name I've heard in conversations. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. possible that he is. DK just hasn't heard it. So I, I think he's going more on the speculative end of that. Um, but one thing that did come out of there that is consistent with what Rob Rossi and Josh Yoey said is, Hornquist has not been asked to move his or uh, lift his no trade clause. Yep, saw that. Uh, it just it, if you're going to move a player to clear cap space, I think Hornquist makes the most sense. I think his perceived value is still high around the league for what he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. And yes, his his uh, net front presence is something the Penguins could use. But Hornquist in 2021 is not the same Hornquist that was a force in 2016 or 17. And would another team overpay for that? Maybe, but it gets that $5 million off the books. It gets those years of term off the books and it opens a lot of doors with a lot of teams looking to shed cap too, especially, um, you know, you have players like Line and Ehlers who are um, supposedly available and you have a very, very high caliber of player uh, in Brandon Saad too, who is uh, re- reportedly available. And if teams are willing to dump these players, the Penguins should try and even if it takes, you know, I I know that spending assets has become a sensitive topic, but if you spend a pick to move Hornquist or to move Johnson out and you free up 
$8 million between the two, you could bring in a really high caliber player. Then play Yusuf Rikula. If, it, if Rikula doesn't play well, put him back on the bench and trade for another uh, defenseman in the season. I mean, I just, it's impossible to figure out what Rutherford's got going in his mind. And it's just not a positive thing most often. Yeah, it's, it's just gotten worse and worse. I would think, but I mean, I, I agree. I do agree there. You know, I mean, honestly, though, that Hornquist and Johnson are their two best trade chips anyway. You know, that's honestly kind of sad to say. Who else are you going to move on the team? You really want to move Brian Russ? We're going to touch on Brian I, I Russ. Would, oh, in I wouldn't the call next them segment. the best trade chips. I would call them the Penguins would be best served to move their contracts. Yeah, I think that's the, a better. I way don't of think saying. teams would be exceptionally happy about taking them on. I think. Uh, Hornquist does have value to certain teams. I think teams like Montreal would love Hornquist. Um, teams who really don't value analytics much. But uh, Dayon also said he still believes that the Penguins could move Jared McCann because he doesn't fit with them. And that's that's an interesting thing that I saw. Yeah, that doesn't make really any sense to me, to be honest with you, because he just signed that two-year contract. And he's on a bargain of a contract, too. He's not even making $3 million per season I honestly thought for sure Jeff, that he was going to make 3 to 3.5 million hell I was I, I was going to get scared that he was going to ask for 4 million per season but thank god he didn't so that one just I don't know that really one doesn't really make any sense to me but I mean it's just that they just don't have a lot of trade ships that they can honestly move out besides I mean Brian Russell on that value deal and we're going to touch on Brian Rust in the next segment and then like you said Hornquist and Johnson I mean those would be the players that they would best serve to move out Hornquist no trade clause does come off after this season um, I think it right well right in time for the expansion draft he's not going to finish his career here anyway I mean I think at most he has one season here left but it would still be nice to get out of that contract and then mm-hmm. you know with Jack Johnson I think everyone just wants him gone regardless but before we get to the next segment and we talk about Brian Rust and why that would be a very very bad idea it's time to talk about rockauto.com it's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers the catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer you can go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and you can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need that's rockauto.com Okay, Jeff, so help me understand these Brian Rust trade rumors. It it sounds like a lot of teams are calling on him. Jim Rutherford is not actively shopping him, but I just, I could totally see him getting an offer for him that he can't refuse. I think other people would probably refuse it and then just pulling the trigger on it. I know you said earlier, Max Domi could definitely see that, but the thing is like, I see like if you want to kind of want to trade him because he's probably not going to put up those numbers that he did this past season. His shooting percentage was 17% was on pace for 40 goals. But even if you cut that in half, that's still a 20 goal season, what 40 points on a cap it. That's not even 4 million per season. And he's one of your best right wingers. I really don't see the need to give that kind of player up, especially with, you know, even with its cap space, you know, going after Chris Rutana, but just, the thought process itself, trading Brian Russ, honestly, just does not make a lot of sense to me. I disagree. And the reason why mm-hmm. is, again, Rust is probably going to regress a bit. Okay, He'll probably still be a very good player into the foreseeable future. 
No, the Penguins do not have a lot of right-wing depth uh, down the pipeline as far as prospects. But again, you have teams who have very, very good players mm-hmm. uh, up for trade. Among those names, Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, you know, if you think about the teams who need a goalie and who could use Brian Rust, teams who want, or you know, maybe playoff teams but not quite contenders. I think there could be a hockey deal done there. I think that uh, you trade Murray and Rust for a really good piece. And, I mean, you might have to take on some cap in return. Um, you know, if we're talking about Alberta, I, yeah, Gaudreau is a player I would consider. And, you know, if, if they wanted something like uh, P.O. Joseph added to the mix, I don't think P.O. Joseph's going to be a stud. I might be in the minority with that one, but um, I just don't see it. Um, he didn't seem to have a stellar year in Wilkes-Barre last year. So even if we had to throw in that prospect, I wouldn't throw in like Laguerre or um, Pauline, but um, P.O. Joseph, absolutely. Bjorkwist, something like that. Um, to pluck a player of Gaudreau's caliber out of Calgary. Mm-hmm. Or one that really intrigues me for the Penguins, especially with their struggle to find an effective third line center, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That would be interesting. I don't know if the Oilers would trade him, considering they just got to the playoffs. I know they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks, but he did have a good season. I think he's been playing more with McDavid now. So, I mean, but also Ken Holland is Ken Holland. So that would be interesting. I, I mean, I guess, like, I, I can see why they would do it, just because you, he's not going to probably put up the numbers that he put up. Last season, I know he was playing with Evgeny Malkin, but, you know, you just... The big thing with me is, Jeff, you would have to wow me with a return. You got to get a really good player back. Absolutely, top, and that's why you package him with Murray. Top prospect. Yeah, I, I could see them doing that. That clears more cap space. Um, you probably get a first-round pick back in return for that. I know the Penguins have been asking for a first-round pick in return for Matt Murray. No team has really bought – has really um, – what's the word I'm looking for here? They, they haven't really said, yeah. Ponied up for, yeah. Yeah, they haven't really just said, yeah, because I think – if they don't do that, I think you're looking at maybe a second round pick, maybe a prospect with that. I just don't really see how you're going to get a lot from Murray. But you know what? It's the goalie market. It, all it takes, I keep saying this, Jeff, all it takes is one team to overpay and then go, boom, you're right. golden. Yeah. Well, do consider too that Ryan Nugent Hopkins makes $6 million a year. If they're taking that off the books and only adding the 3.5 for um, Brian Rust, then paying Matt Murray a competitive wage Five six million dollars a year becomes a lot more realistic. Yeah, I, I hear. And I it hear kind you of on gives that. it gives the Oilers uh, a replacement for the goals they expected out of James Neal. Um, I think that you know Brian Rust. He's worked very well with Evgeny Malkin and with Sidney Crosby for periods of time. Who's to say he wouldn't work equally as well for uh, Connor McDavid or Leon Drysaddle? Yeah, that, that would be a pretty interesting line, especially with, you know, Rust on the top line next to McDavid. I would honestly probably tune into the Oilers a lot more than I have been. I mean, I should be tuning into them more to watch Connor McDavid because he's just awesome, but I think I'd be tuning into them a little bit more for that. But, I mean, I just Jim, – Jim Rutherford right now is just – he's tread, it's I think it's thin ice for him at, at this point, you know. He's just been very, very – Stubborn, I think arrogance is a big part of this. Uh, honestly, I've been th- I was thinking about this today too. I wonder 
if more people in the fan base are just going to just not watch the team as much, if they do go down this dark path of trading Russ and then using that cap space for Chris Tanev and doing a bunch of other garbage and keeping Jack Johnson and all that, just because, I mean, we're at the end now of the Crosby Malkin era. And we, we all know that's true. There's probably two years left max of them to win a fourth Stanley Cup with them. But I mean, you're just, this is, this is the stuff that just sends the franchise further into the void and sooner rather than it should be a lot later. And we all know the team is going to suck when they even, the Crosby Malkin eventually decline. Um, it's just, uh, I, I don't know, man. Draft lottery, maybe. Yeah. They got to hit, they got to hit a number one pick at some point. I'm just. I'm very, very nervous for what Jim is going to do. Free agency has never been his strength. I trust him way more in a trade than free agency. I honestly don't even trust him that much in trades anymore, to be honest with you. But, I mean, I I don't know, man. Maybe, I mean, if you even clear out Rust and Murray, that's a lot of cap space right there, and you move out Patrick Hornquist, you want some more silly season stuff, Jeff? You can maybe make a run at Alex Petrangelo. That that, that we're cooking. (laughs) I like the Trangelo. I think I, I don't. I don't know how he's going to age. I would rather take on younger players and older players at this rate. Um, I I, uh, I don't think the Penguins will have the cap to sign him. Yeah, there's honestly there's probably no way that they can do that. He's going to get paid. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of money. Vegas is definitely in on him. That would be a freaky defense. Uh, Toronto, for obvious reasons, because you know they want all the star players. Um, you know, another option I'd love, but probably not going to happen. Tory Krug, I like him on the power play. I think he's a good offensive defenseman, but I think he's going to want too much term and too much money. But you know, just to, going back to Chris Tanev a bit, because you know I can't stop talking about Chris Tanev. I, I don't mind the player as much as I like, I guess I hate Jack Johnson, but like, why would you give that kind of player so much term? Like has Jim Rutherford not learned from his previous mistakes or Jeff, does he just not care about it? I guess. Why do you need to care about it when your championship window is only two years wide? Yeah, I guess, I guess that's a, that's, I think when everybody hated the Hornquist deal and the Brandon Tanev deal, my whole thought was by time this deal is over, Crosby and Malkin are going to be aged out of a championship window anyway. So you might as well give the player the term that they want and the security to have a job they want because by time they're done with their deals, the Penguins are probably going to suck. So Yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. I, I definitely see that logic. And also Jim Rutherford's probably not going to be here in five to six years. I would hope that he would be retired by then. I'm, I'm Honestly, a, a lot of people are just – Wanting him he's to not retire. that old. He's not going to die. Oh, yeah. I'm, I didn't mean it like that, of course. But, you know, hopefully he can be retired and just maybe moved up to a front office role. They can get someone in here with fresh ideas and is just not like arrogant and just being stubborn with stuff. But, you know, I feel like that contract might be one of the worst contracts signed this summer. And it's not just for like for the Penguins. Oh, it's, it's any team um, that signs him. I mean, I was reading a tweet from Drag Like Pool, who uh, does a lot of Maple Leaf stuff. I mean... Good player at one point, his defensive metrics were really, really good. But, I mean, we've said it, you all this podcast, into his 30s now, he's going to be 31 in December. Hasn't ever played a full season. I know he played in 69 games this season, which is very nice. And I guess that qualifies as a full season with the shortened season. But, I mean, other than that, 
has played in what 65% of the games throughout his career each season. That's that's not someone I'm giving five years, five million per four. That's just that's ridiculous to me. So one thing that I want to bring up is that Vancouver is still remains interested in signing Tanev, Thank God. according to several reputable media outlets. However, um, the way that it was phrased that when I saw it earlier was they want to sign to Foley first, Markstrom second, mm-hmm. and Tanev third. Likewise, Tanev also has interest in going back to Vancouver in an article from Vancouver is awesome. Uh, the quote is from Tanev at the end of the year. Um, I'd love to stay with the team. He said, I love the organization. I love all the guys. I love the city. The fans are great. So that's obviously the goal to be able to stay a Canuck as long as I can. I haven't thought of the possibility of playing my last game for the Canucks, to be honest. Now he could be doing lip service as most players do, but um, hopefully the Canucks can pony up the money he wants to stay with the team he's been with his entire career. Yeah, I would. It could be just, you know, him talking to the place up, but we have no idea what's going to happen. Obviously, they're going to want to sign Toffoli first just because of how great he was a fit up in Vancouver. Markstrom, I really don't think they're going to have to sign him. We all know how good Demko was in the playoffs. So hopefully we can bump up Chris Tanev to second on that list for getting re-signed so that can save Jim Rutherford from himself. So, I mean, at least those quotes are promising. At least um, the reputable sources up in Vancouver or saying stuff that, you know, makes me a little bit happy. Like I said, Jeff, hopefully that can save Jim Rutherford from himself and just barfing all over himself because he's just done this every single offseason. Um, before we end this podcast, though, Jeff, is there anything that um, outside of what we've talked about tonight that you want to see Jim Rutherford do in this offseason, whether, you know, it's a bottom six forward, um, anything for the goaltenders, uh, maybe a, a, a different defenseman on the right side? I mean, as I've said on Twitter, I like Kevin Shattenkirk. I know that he played poorly against the Penguins in the series with the Capitals. But you have to consider he was just traded from the Blues. Um, He didn't probably know the system that well, and he really hasn't had a chance to settle in. He's played well for Tampa. I mean, no complaints there. Um, So if the Penguins are able to get Shattenkirk on the cheap, I mean, I see way more benefit from – that than from a long-term TANF deal where nothing offensively is brought to the table. Yeah, and he barely he didn't even make two million per season um for right. his contract. I think it was a one-year deal. He's definitely probably gonna be looking at three to four million per season because he was been really, really good for Tampa Bay this season. Probably won't ask for five to six years on term. He's getting up there in age, so you could probably get him for a three to four year deal. Four million against. Oh, I'd the take cap. term if he's willing to take less for term. I would absolutely give him term because again, yeah, the Penguins' window is not that long, and I'm sure he would. You know, after bouncing from what was it, uh, Washington to New York to um, Tampa Bay, yeah. I'm sure he'd like to be somewhere solid. And I don't know what Tampa's cap situation is like, but with uh, playing in the Stanley Cup final and foreseeably, God willing, winning the Stanley Cup. Um, I'm sure they'll have a little bit of a fun time trying to manage their cap. Yeah, they're they're going to be doing for a rude awakening after this season. They still have to pay. Um, I think Sergachev is up. Uh, Sorelli is coming up soon. 
Um, I, I've talked about it on the podcast before. You know, they might have to potentially look yeah. at trading Steven Stamkos, but I don't really know if they're going to. They do only that. have three defensemen signed next year: Hedman, McDonough, and uh, Coburn. Oh Jesus, McDonough is signed forever. Yeah, he they they have they have some <laughs> oh. contracts that they're going to have to move. Uh, Tyler Johnson is probably one of them. I would say he's and he's signed for a long time at a pretty um, higher cap hit than I thought he was. So five so, million, and he's thirty, and he has four years left. Yep. Yikes. Someone will take him there. there. Someone will save uh, Tampa Bay just because, you know, that's, that's what, that's what people do around the league. But Jeff, uh, thank you so much for coming on this episode of locked on penguins. A lot of very interesting ideas for the penguins, especially that Brian Russ one to um, Alberta for for potentially Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That one is a pretty um, badass idea. And that is one trade proposal out of probably only a few that I would take, um, if Brian Russ is indeed going to be traded. So thank you for that. And thank you for coming on uh, to, to give up some insight on Chris Tanev and everything else. Of course. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. We're going to have um, another Jeff on <laughs> Locked on Penguins tomorrow. Jeff from Penn's blog, who runs it, is going to come on, talk about Chris Tanev and a bunch of other stuff surrounding the Penguins. So look for that then. Like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you all tomorrow.